Preview podcast, and today I've got with me Patrick Rigger. Hello, Patrick. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Do you want to tell us the name of the film we've come together to talk about? Yeah, uh, my film is entitled uh, Enclosure. Um, so yeah, that is that is the title. <laughs> and do you want to give us a brief synopsis to what Enclosure is all about? Right. Well, it's 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 it it's kind of a claustrophobic thriller um a married couple they go back they go into the woods where they they basically got engaged and they want to go to reconnect and uh, kind of rekindle their relationship and while they're out in the woods they're trailing a group of hunters and uh as the story progresses um they're camping right outside of where the hunters are and one night the hunters are attacked by something and uh, during the scuffle, uh, the husband decides he's going to help one of the injured hunters because at, at this point, the hunters have been pretty much wiped out. And he hears the, the cries of one hunter. And so he exits the uh, the tent and drags one of the hunters into the tent. And, and uh, then it becomes it becomes, uh, you know, a trio of uh, basically kind of like the movie Lifeboat, where we're, we're, we're in this tent, this small location with these three characters and we start to understand their motivations, and uh, uh, the, these creature, the, this creature that's outside the tent won't attack the tent for some reason. Of course, I don't want to give away that, but of course. Um, so yeah, it becomes this very claustrophobic, uh, you know, dynamic between these three characters in this tent, and and eventually they have to make an escape plan. And uh, you know, it, it from there on out, it's it's I don't want to talk too much about it, but. Uh, it's just kind of a, a fun, uh, you know, it, it's definitely an actor's piece, I think, you know, mm. and and I think that's what was attractive to these actors, you know, with the script was that this gives them an, an opportunity to not just be running and screaming, but also to be in a, in a, in a film where it, it, it relies heavily on their performance and, and their, you know, it's, it's got emotion and it's not just a straightforward horror film. It has, you know, no, some no, twists no. and turns. But we'll get we'll get so, on to the, we'll get on to that in a bit. But first okay, off, great. first off, let's tell people when they can see this movie. Um, I believe it's uh, August twenty sixth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the, the exact time. I um, can tell I can tell you that I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I always like to be as as prepared as the filmmaker. Okay. Uh, when I'm promoting their film, <laughs> so it's Friday the twenty sixth of August. Right. And uh, you're on a you're in the Discovery Screen one. Great. And you're showing at three forty-five PM. Great, yeah. So I mean, it's it, very excited. Um, I will be in attendance. Um, I'm going to be at the festival August twenty-fifth through the twenty-ninth. Um, so, so once I, like I said I, before, I'm on a film right now. So I wrapped that film about a week before I come to England. So, um, you know, and then so I've got a little bit of time to kind of adjust and then fly out and I'll be there from the 25th through the 29th. I'm really excited. So that means that you'll be doing a Q&A then as, as part of your screen? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to be there for Q&A and, and interviews and, and uh, yeah, to answer any questions. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad I caught you before before the uh, the deluge of questions then. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about the Archie. Is it is it is your first time you come to England or you've been before? I have never been to England. This is my first time. So wow. I, yeah. <laughs> You're coming at a good time. It'll, it'll it'll be what it'll be what's classed as hot for England. But given what you've just described to me before we started the podcast, yeah, come... I mean it's yeah, it'll probably feel really nice compared to what, what you'll, I'm you'll going be like. This right is, now. This is, you'll be like this is comfortable and mild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it may rain though. It has. It does have a habit of that. Our summers are dotted with with water. But well, uh, yeah, that I I'm cool with that. It rains here a lot too. So I mean, you know, just. When it rains here, it drops about 10 degrees, so I'm always kind of wishing for rain in Kansas City. <laughs> well, when it rains in, in London, it means more people go to the cinema, so that's a good thing. That That's also good, yes. So let's let's talk about Enclosure then. Okay. Because as, as, as you, 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 you wrote this and you directed it, yeah? I co-wrote it. I co-wrote it with um, my co-writer Michelle Davidson, um, who's also based out of here in Kansas City, and she and I uh, collaborated on the screenplay. And, um, I mean, we spent a good six months writing the script, um, and, uh, fine tuning it. And, uh, I mean, it was always, what what compelled you to write that story? What, where did, where was it, what was it born out of? Well, I mean, it was a combination of a couple things. First of all, my wife was pregnant when I was writing the script. So there was a little bit of that, that seeped into the, the screenplay just in terms of like, you know, the husband in the film is, is reluctant to have a child because he's a musician, he's an artist and, there was a little bit of that in me, you know, at first, you know, I'm a filmmaker and my wife wanted to have a child and, you know, and it's just one of those things where I think a little bit of that fear, uh, was, was found itself into the screenplay. Um, also we went camping one time. So this is actually where the, the real, the, the, the meat of the story came from was we, my wife and I went camping, um, early on in our relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and we were in Kansas, um, and we were we were by a lake uh, in the woods, and there was another group of of people uh, camping next to us. And there was we were asleep, and there was this uh, altercation that happening. But I don't even I'm not even sure what it was about at the time. But there was a lot of yelling and screaming between the the group of uh, the people that would that were near us, and. At that point, one of the guys got on a four-wheeler, <laughs> which had a skull on the front of it with with horns. It was like a deer skull. Really? And Yeah, yeah. And he just started circling our camp and just circling our tent. So I'm just, like, trying to sleep, and all of a sudden I have this four-wheeler fly by my, my, my tent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got up, and we were just like – and then I started coming up with all these scenarios. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if a bear just suddenly attacked their tent? You know, I'm just <laughs> – those kind of things. And so then I was like, hmm. So from there on out, that was kind of the the creative uh, spark that kind of started the story. And then I, I, you know, at the time I was writing it and finally decided to write it with, with Michelle, my wife was, my wife was actually pregnant. And so some of that, you know, again, uh, ended up in the, in the story. It became part of the story. So. So then in terms of the story, then you've, you've, you, you give us a legend in, in enclosure. Is this, right. is this, is this a legend you've made up or have you drawn on, have you drawn on? It's entirely, story? it's entirely made up. <laughs> so how did, how did you, how did you and your, um, your co-writer then go around sort of designing the story logic as it were around your legend? And well, the, we wanted, we wanted to, and then not to give too much away, but we really wanted this movie to be female driven. We wanted it to have a female, uh, the legend to have to do with females mm-hmm. and we wanted to connect it with the pregnancy in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, originally when we wrote this script, it was going to be shot in Missouri. And then, um, 
fate had it that we would shoot the movie in, in the low country in Charleston, which looked way more interesting than anything that we could have found in Missouri. Okay. Um, and so uh, we were kind of trying to tailor the legend to the low country and then still keep that, that, that the dri- driving force of this is a female driven horror movie. Like the main character is a female. Mm. The legend has to deal with, with, with females. So we were just trying to like kind of incorporate that. And then of course the design of the creature it was, we went through several iterations of that. And of mm. course I wanted to do something where, um, these creatures had a very, like, you know, they were very connected to the forest. So I wanted them to look almost like they, their flesh is, is tree, like tree bark or something, you know, very like, um, so, you know, we ended up getting a really amazing, uh, makeup artist to make that happen. So, I mean, you know, I guess one of the things is what, as we were writing the script, the legend changed a few times, but one thing that we always wanted to to keep in there was that it it, it had to do with women, you know, mm-hmm. like the like the creatures are women. All that is 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 still is, is an important part of the the story, and you know, directly connects with our lead character. Um, so we didn't want to, you know, um, and I might be giving away a lot about the plot by saying no, this, but, no, I don't, I don't. Oh, go on. But but yeah, so so you know that was always kind of the the theme was that let's just stick to this movie about being about women and and having the pregnancy a big part of it and a part of the legend and then of course we just kind of adapted the legend to wherever location we shot. Um, you know, since we were originally going to do Missouri, we the Ozarks, we we switched it to the Low Country and mm. and uh, so um, and again, like I said, the Low Country. I think lended itself to being more gothic mm. in nature in nature because like you know the Ozarks obviously that was where we were going to shoot it because we lived here <laughs> but once once things happened and, and, and switched over to Charleston it was I, I think it really benefited the look of the film and, and made that legend even more I think more interesting so it looked like it looked like bits of um, have you ever seen the film Southern Comfort oh yeah you know, it looks like it looks like a similar kind of woodland to that. Obviously. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. So, so when you, when you were uh, when you were penning this script, then what what, what was the uh, hardest challenge to resolve in storytelling terms for you? Given you've got like, essentially what making, uh, yeah, like originally when the script was written, the first, very first draft, the the couple wasn't very likable. There were there were some subplot there were some subplots that we added to to the story that made them almost entirely unlikable and so when we first did a table read um, everybody was like we hate these people <laughs> so it was like so and there, there yeah we took out a couple things I mean originally there was there was um, infidelity was involved and there was just a lot of different things in there that we just felt ultimately we wanted people to root for them you know we don't want we don't want everybody rooting against them. So we're just kind of like, let's, let's make them more likable. Mm. Obviously one of the big things we wanted to do was make the, the villain more interesting. Cause I mean, he could have been very straightforward and, 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 you know, cliched. And we decided to give him some, you know, a more of a reason to be out there, you know, give mm. him, you know, originally it was all about, you know, it became more about his family as opposed to, um, what we originally had in the script, which was a little bit more about revenge, which I, we thought ultimately was just kind of flat. So we, so I think fleshing out the villain and then making the the characters more likable, I think was was 
was definitely a challenge. And again, that comes with just rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. I mean, the mm. first draft is always, the first draft is always like, you know, it's very rough. And so, um, you know, and a lot of that, some of that stuff changed while we were prepping the movie. Like we were prepping the movie and we were sitting there and we we're like, what can we do um, to make this, uh, you know, even better. And so we, so we went through and, and kind of came up with some more ideas that, that, that involve the villain and, and, and just in, in trying to get, uh, uh, you know, the actors to be, you know, originally, originally the lead guy that the husband, Charles, was a full on doctor. And then we changed that to make him, we wanted to make him a musician who's also, because every musician, every, like a lot of people, all, a lot of them have regular jobs and we wanted him to be a, para, a paramedic, but he's also a musician and that's where his heart is. And of course, that, you know, when you're an artist, sometimes having a child seems like it could become a, a huge uh, roadblock for you. And, uh, you know, ultimately what I've learned is that I can't, I can't live without my child. My child is what inspires me to, to be a director and, and be a better filmmaker. But, you know, when you're, when you're in that, that initial place where you're, you're deciding, okay, look, I, I want, do we, do I need to settle down and have a family or do I need to keep being And I, I, for musicians, it's much more difficult because a lot of the times they're on the road. So, um, you know, that was one of the things where we were like, let's make him a musician who's also a paramedic and rather than just being a straight up doctor. So, um, those, those are the kind of, those are the kind of little changes you make along the way. And ultimately I think it makes the film stronger and, um, you know, no, no, no. Like, like I was saying, it, it before we started is is that 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 decision you've made is is beautifully seeded into the into the Act One scenes, so, right? So exactly. That, so that when the skills of a paramedic, as it were, become useful, um, exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you've just shoveled it onto us. It, it, right, it, right. It feels right. it feels like a very natural consequence of the action that's that's fallen out of your story, as it were. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you, you've talked a bit about the, um, the sort of what you wanted the, the, the sort of creature things to look like uh, in the forest and stuff. But what, thinking sort of more broadly about the screenplay, uh, what, what when you were in pre-production seemed like the most insurmountable elements of what was on the page that you had to get onto screen? Uh, you know, definitely the creature effects, to be honest with you, because like it was one of those things where I storyboarded this entire movie. I hand draw, I hand, I hand draw all the shots. I mm. usually that's usually how I work. I, I mean, whenever I do a film, I I storyboard everything out. It usually takes me a couple months um, of prep, and yeah, and then I end up re-storyboarding because we we for instance we we have to make some changes because of budget. You know, it's one of those things where you have these these challenges uh, placed in front of you and you have to kind of revamp your vision a little bit. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, the, the, the challenge trying to get those creatures to, to work. And I had a lot of night scenes. Um, originally the screenplay was almost entirely at night. And mm. so, um, and which is not, as not cost effective. I mean, it's just the lighting and all that. So I basically, while, while working on the screenplay, we basically, as we got closer to production, I had had to come down and I had to have a come to Jesus meeting with myself and say, okay, we're going to have to shoot a lot of this during the day, which changed. I mean, that's a huge change in my mind, but I got, I had to adapt to it. And I think it actually makes the movie stronger because all of a sudden you have a lot of night in the movie, but then the daytime, it doesn't get boring. Like if it was just all night, it would get, it would get tedious. So it's like we have, 
you know, night, then we have dawn, and then we have daytime, as opposed to just straight through nighttime scenes. How, how, so, how do you split that? You know, the, the kind of the inventiveness of writing, and especially when you collaborate with another writer, and then the right. practicalities of what you can shoot as the director understands what budget you're playing with. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just one of the things where we basically, we just have to, you know, Right. It's tough because you have to – it's a bitter pill to swallow. You realize, okay, I'm making this movie. I wrote the movie the way I, I want to see it, but then we also ultimately have to get it done. Mm. And and it's just one of those things where production – there are just so many things that, that come at you, and you realize, okay, I don't have the budget to shoot these night scenes all the way through this movie. I mean that's going to require a lot of lighting. It's going to require the, the crew to, to shoot overnight mm. in some capacity. Um, so the, ultimately, yeah, like, and I think it, it makes sense in the, in the, the movie takes place over one stretch of time. So it works. I mean, you just make it that they're, you know, I had to create a timeline for production. So we, I created a timeline of the, how the movie was entirely set up in terms of like, okay, here's day one. And then they, they spend the night and then it goes into day two and then it becomes evening. And then it's day three. And then ultimately, that last stretch of the movie goes from night into da- into dawn into daytime, and the movie ends. Mm. So I had to kind of figure out all that. Um, yeah, otherwise it was going to be one long night <laughs> for the yeah. last half of the movie. And, um, and so, no, I think it. I think ultimately, um, I think that was a that was a big challenge because I had to figure out. Okay, we have to get we have to have a bunch of creatures in this movie, but we don't have the budget for that. So. Uh, you know, it, we got creative. We had to, and that's just—I think—that's what makes low-budget horror filmmaking so much fun. And actually, I think it—it's—it it makes it. You know, it, it, you see a lot of great films come from that because they don't have a ton of money. They don't have a ton of money to work with, so they have to be inventive and and find ways around little problems like that. Um, no, no, I think and, you've you've definitely you've 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 gone down the Jaws route, haven't you? You've you've sort of held back on. What, what I had to, yeah, and I, and I prefer that. Like, mm. I, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Jaws. I'm a huge fan of Alien. And if you you know, one of my other, I made a film called Nailbiter a few years ago, which has actually been airing on the Horror Channel uh, in the UK. Okay. Uh, um, and um, Lionsgate released it, I think, in 2013. Um, and it was one of those films. I shot the film. Very very low budget shot it in Kansas, mm. um, but we w- I sat everybody down and we watched Alien because we were trying to figure out okay, it's a creature movie, but I didn't want to go overboard with with the creatures and we really couldn't because we just didn't have the budget. But I was like, let's watch Alien and let's actually time out how much screen time the, the, the creature actually has in this movie. And I think it came out to like two and a half three minutes total. Of the whole movie, is that actually right? Has cre- is that right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not really counting the last bit where it's hanging outside of the spaceship, um, you know, in the rubber suit thing. I'm, I'm talking about like little bits as of the course of the movie, like just little things you see. You know, we were timing it, and it ended up being about three minutes. And I'm like, that's that's, and it, but it feels, it feels like that creature is in that movie the entire time, and that is what you have to kind of figure out is like okay how do i make this the, the creature feel like it's there but not show it you know what i'm saying no 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 well it's so, like it's like uh, what do you call it it's, um texas chainsaw massacre where everyone's convinced they've seen a gory film and, in fact, and it's there's, not there's, no there's, there's, there's no not gore a drop, in that movie there's not a drop yeah, of blood the, in it <laughs> the goriest part of that movie is her on the meat hook and she's facing us while she's on the meat hook so she's exactly. not actually the meat hook isn't even act, like if it was today they'd be like all right i'll show the meat hook going right into her back 
So yeah, I mean that for me, and and, and that's and I feel like you know the, the movies like Alien and Jaws stand the test of time for that reason. Like mm. people remember those movies more. Um, I think if you get too gory, the movie becomes um, schlocky. And in terms of a for a movie like this, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying other movies. It works for other movies, but a movie like this, if it gets too gory, it becomes schlocky. Mm. And so it's like I wanted to make something that was a little bit more uh, tasteful and artful and implies the creature and makes you think the creature is there the whole time rather than showing it tearing people apart. So I, and I think it, I think for a movie like this, it works perfectly. No, and I think I think it, I think it wouldn't be too much of an exaggeration to say that in a way, your creature is is as much a thematic element as it is an antagonist because exactly clearly, clearly what happens in the tent between the three characters as we're 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 in the middle of the suspenseful part of the movie right is is not always about how do we beat the creature it's about the truth and the secrets and the and the right you know staring real life in the face again you know and all right 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 Right. So it was interesting you say there about the uh, the move away from sort of the one long night and the increase of day shots because that was one was a note I made while I watched it um, about about the um, sort of shooting the forest and shooting the kind of the wild you know the, the wildlife sort of the journey there and then obviously once we're in the for, in the forest as it were what was yeah. your and you've mentioned you've already mentioned that you you storyboard everything so what was your conversations like with your dop about what you wanted to capture about that wildlife yeah no he and i actually um uh harry lipnick he was my dp on the film a great guy um he and i actually went out we wanted to go out and shoot wildlife prior to shooting principal photography because we only had 12 days to shoot principal photography so he and i actually went out early and tried to get as many interesting shots of the low country to kind of start establishing this world that we were we were going to be in. Mm. Um, so it was one of those things where, yeah, like it, he and I talked about it a lot. And we went out there and we tried to establish uh, this world. And we went into these interesting areas and shot like, you know, the, the, the hanging moss that from the trees and, mm. and uh um, so that, so that when we were actually on location shooting the scenes, I, we wouldn't have as much time to get just, just exterior shots. We basically had to get just the actors cause that's all we had time for. So yeah, so I think it was very important he and I, we, we, we collaborated very well. And, and, uh, um, it was interesting cause we basically shot half the schedule outdoors. Yeah. And then the other half of the schedule was shot on a soundstage. So all the tent, tent interior scenes are in, on, on a soundstage. So what we ended up doing, and this is uh, thanks to my production designer, uh, Leslie Keel, she built part of a forest around <laughs> around the tent really? on the soundstage. So then we were so then so then our challenge became, you know, shooting as you know all the stuff exterior wise but then trying to make sure it matched okay with or matched really well with with the tent stuff yeah. so when we were shooting out of the tent from the inside of the tent that's all soundstage yeah so it was just it was you know so there was a lot of coordinating to figure out how to get that to work properly um and you know kudos to the crew and 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 harry for and and leslie for making that making that all happen really well no, no, totally, totally. Can you can you can you talk at all of us through the process for casting the movie? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was interesting because we shot the movie uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it was very tricky to get actors to commit. It really was. Um, 
we did a lot of cat, a lot of, um, you know, most of the casting was done out of Los Angeles and, um, uh, you know, Fiona was somebody I was always interested in just cause I saw her, I saw her in Curse of Chucky and I thought she was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and so luckily she really, uh, liked the script and, uh, Kevin was the first person we cast. Okay. Um, I was blown away by him. And then, um, Jake was, was, was the final, the final piece of the puzzle. Hmm. Um, and, um, he ended up coming in, we were on, I think the, ha- almost halfway through our shooting schedule. And that was his first day of shooting. If I hmm. remember, it was the end of the first week. And so he actually, um, came in on his final scene of the movie. His final scene of the movie was his first day of shooting. Really? Yeah. Which is always poses a challenge, especially for like that, that particular scene was, uh, you know, we shot this movie in December. Right. Which, obviously, when you think December, you think snow. Well, not in the low country. It was like 70-some degrees. But the sun still still sets. You're in in a forest. The sun sets about 4.30. But when you're in the forest, it sets right at 3.30. So we basically had to shoot this amazingly difficult scene, which was his last scene of the movie. Hmm. Um, And that was his first day, and we had almost no time to do it because it was like we'd get – the sun would come up around 7. We'd get out there, and we had to be – I mean, we basically had till 3.30 before the light was unusable. Hmm. So it became this really – and ultimately that was the – I think the hardest day of shooting because it was like I had just so many shots. Yeah. Um, But because we went through – the casting process very carefully he was able to come in and just do a great job and it, you know it wasn't like so it, it, casting is just so important you want actors to come in and, and nail it you know because especially when you're on a on such a tight schedule you don't have time to really uh you know have to micromanage the performances so it's really important to um you know get really good actors yeah, yeah, who, underst- yeah. who understand the characters um, and I feel like we, we were able to get these three actors together and they were, they did a great job. And, and, uh, we did work through some, you know, some of the, uh, the, the issues in the script that we wanted to work through and, you know, prior to shooting, we were able to, you know, do some table reads and such and, and, uh, work out the bugs in the, in the dialogue. Well, see, is, that, is that, is that, is that table reads with them or table reads full stop? Table read. No, nah, it's table read for them. Like, oh, we basically, we, we would meet at their hotel and we would go through the script and any, Anything that they, uh, uh, you know, they anything that they felt was need, needed to be changed in the dialogue or didn't feel like it was working, we worked out through we worked that out before we were on set. Yeah, which is important because once you're on set, like it's go go go. Um, and you know, again, we had you know 12 days of principle, so it's like I, anything I could work out prior to to shooting was important. And these actors were great about that; they were very collaborative. Uh, and allowed, you know, we, Michelle was, was there for a couple of days. Um, she was able to fly in and, and, um, help me with any changes in the script that we needed to make. Um, and no, it was, you know, it was just great. It was, it was very good. Actually, I think that, uh, uh, you know, when you have three actors in t- a confined space, it can be very, it can be claustrophobic literally. Cause we're, we're putting not only, not only are the three actors in the tent, but so is the camera and the, and the, and the audio and all mm. that. So it's like, um, so we, we felt it was very important to get three actors together who were going to come in and nail it and, um, also be very collaborative and, and, uh, uh, you know, didn't mind being in a confined location for an extended yeah, period yeah, of time. Yeah. So, 
I remember, I remember listening, I mean, you've not got as many people, but I remember listening to an interview with Jeremy Solnier talking about The Green Room, and mm. he's sort of saying... That's you know, my favourite, that's my favourite movie of the year, by the way. It's, um, it's, it's, one, yeah, of my, it's I, one of my three. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting listening to him talk, because on the one hand, there's the, oh, isn't it, 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 it must be dead convenient to have everybody in one place, but then he talked right. about having to do all the setups and points of views from each character, so I'm guessing... When you were shooting the three people in the tent, were you always having to sort of lend the point of view of all of them to make sure you had it? For exactly. No, totally. I mean, it was one of those things where we were always constantly trying to make it interesting too, because it was like once you you're confined to a yeah, like it. Yes, to for there's a a mindset that says confined locations lends itself to low budget and actually is easier but it's actually harder because you have to work overtime to make it interesting you have to spend more time you know maybe changing things up a little bit and it, so it's it's because the majority of the movie is in that one spot so you have to find ways to keep it from getting stale and so um and so you're and you're always thinking of different ways to, to shoot the scenes um and even when i was storyboarding uh, you know, a lot of those storyboards that I did, we ended up not using while we were shooting those tent scenes because we were like, well, on the day of, you know, Harry and I would talk and, or, and we would be like, okay, well, it, maybe it would be better if we shot from here because mm. we haven't done that yet, you know, and, and that keeps things from getting, you know, rep <laughs> repetitive, repetitive, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the kind of thing that, uh, uh, you know, it's important. And right, like I think with Green Room, you know, so much of the movie is in that Green Room. Um and yeah, he has to continuously keep making that the, that location not get boring. Like you could, you know, rather than just block shooting or something like that, he has to con continuously find the, the new perspectives of of the room to make it to make it uh, interesting for the audience, so it doesn't get boring. And I feel like it's the same thing with a tent. It was actually probably harder with a tent because we were, you know, we had even less room to work in. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a really interesting decision to make as well in terms of I mean I'm not sure it would have felt like this on the page as as much as it does when you watch it but it's that idea of you 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 take us on the journey to the vast wilderness you've got you know long stretches of country road then a boat going across a, a lake right. and stuff and then we're in then we're wandering around open wildlife and stuff and then you're sticking us in a tent as well. So it's kind of like yeah. you shrink, you almost shrink. Right, right, right. And that was entirely, that was entirely the way we wanted to do it. We wanted to, we start off with like a really wide, like drone shot of the woods. And then mm. we just, as the movie progresses, it starts to kind of just get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter to the point where finally they're inside the tent and it's, it's become this very claustrophobic thing. So yeah, it's like, it's almost like, you know, yeah, you know, tightening the rope around you, you know, as as the as the film progresses. So, um, you know, and originally that boat scene wasn't in the script. Oh, that really? was all no, because we, you know, it was one of those things where when we wrote the script, you know, we were in the Ozarks and we didn't really have access to something like that. And then when we got to Charleston, it was like, oh, we have a boat, we have a, a lay, uh, you know, the river there. So let's let's incorporate that. Um, and it just gives the film this more. The, it gives it makes it feel more vast. Oh, without and, a doubt, without yeah, a doubt. you know, and, and so so they're heading into the unknown, and then as the film you know moves on, it gets tighter and tighter, and finally you're stuck in this tent. So yeah, no, I think that was I, that is entirely that was entirely our intention, and I'm glad you you felt that way. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Now, um, without giving too much away, and given you're going to be in the in the room with people, um, what 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 uh, aspect of enclosure are you most excited to see with the the Fright Fest audience? 
You know, I, it's interesting because I, I think what I'm interested in seeing is how it works emotionally with people because I know that, it, it, you know, like a lot of people want to see how many jump scares they might have. But I want to see how people feel emotionally after watching it because it's mm. like it's got a little bit more. I feel it has some layers, uh, layers to the story, you know, deals with, you know, pregnancy and it deals with, you know, it's it's a very, again, a very female driven movie. And I, I, you know, deals with marriage and and uh, I. I I was, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what people's reactions to it are emotionally when the film is over, you know. Um, and also, I feel like without giving anything away, it has very a very dark ending. So it's like I'm, I'm interested to see how how people react to that as well. No, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. So let's let's remind people then when they can see your film. Uh, it's August 26th at the Discovery Discovery Screen. Is that correct? Yeah, Discovery Screen and One. Discovery Screen One, three forty-five. You did well there. You passed your own test. Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> now, one last one last question. Um, okay. as, as we're Britflix, and um, la- largely my, my remit is to cover British films, but because Frightfest is um, is a big British event, I get to ex- – and I like horror, so I, um, I get to step outside my own remit. So um, I'd like to ask you to tell me either your favourite British horror film or recommend me a British horror film that you feel is oh, gross. Oh, man. Gross, gross oh, jeez. I'm just a huge Hammer fan. Um, I don't, like, I, let me think. It's hard to narrow it down. Well, you, you can give me two or three if you want. If you, if you want to, if you want to throw some out there, I'm sure that people will know them. Okay. Hmm. Man, I'm on the spot. I mean, you know, any of the, the Christopher Lee Hammer films that were made in England, I, I, I love, like, I mean, I love those films. Um, I, I, I mean, does that, does that constitute what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> totally, no. And, and for me personally, what, what is it, what do you see when you watch those films from a kind of, a, from an American point of view? What for me, seeing? like, it's, uh, there's something I just really enjoy about the fact that they're, they're period pieces. Well, some of them are, and, and they're just, I love the art direction in them. I love the way that they, I, I just, the, the Hammer films in, in many ways, uh, They've been trying to replicate that with with American films. I mean, like, uh, what was the film that just came out with that Guillermo del Toro directed um, uh, with the haunted house? Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah, that well. yeah, that film. Um, I I think that movie was definitely a tip a tip of a hat to the Hammer films, and and uh, so I would definitely say any of those films I love. Uh, whenever they're on, I watch them. I have like all the Christopher Lee Hammer films. Um, so I would definitely put. I, it's hard to pick one, um, but um, and it's so funny because I recently they had a, a different one on. I think he made in Spain called Count Dracula. Okay. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that was an, a British one, but even that like I enjoy I enjoyed watching. So um, any of those are are definitely. Would would the first Hellraiser be considered a British film? It was when I did a survey of what's your favorite British. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it was actually shot in England, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would, um, I mean, I would put that up there too because I really love Hellraiser. Brilliant. Well, that that, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Now, for those people that aren't going to uh, Fright Fest, is there any is there any plans of, uh, as yet for a release date in the UK for inclusion? I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't. I don't know yet. Um, I know we're waiting on uh, a couple more festivals to let us know. Uh, about the film and as far as release dates are concerned i think they're still working all that out so okay. I, I yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put we'll put uh, if you've got a twitter or anything we'll put that in the in the sure. show notes and people can find sure. the film 
and uh, and keep a track of news themselves. Well, look, Terrific. look forward to having you in London, and uh, I, hope yeah, you get a chance if, to say if, hello. Hopefully, hopefully we run into each other, and and uh, you know we can, can chit chat. <laughs> indeed, indeed. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes. Hey, what's going on? you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we release it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to stream from on the website. This has been a Britflix Frightfest Preview Podcast 2016. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.